Today's episode is sponsored by Adam and Eve. You know, I read so many stories about cheating partners and unhappy marriages. Maybe people wouldn't be in such unhappy relationships if they spent more time nurturing their love life. That's why you should check out today's sponsor, Adam and Eve. They've got toys for men, toys for women, and toys for... How should I put this? Well, it's not exactly r slash am I the butthole. More like r slash I'm in the butthole. And yeah, I realize that ordering adult toys can be a little scary because you may be concerned about privacy. Don't worry, Adam and Eve offers discreet and free shipping for your package. Trust me, these people are experts in your package. You can get 50% off on just about any item, along with free shipping and rush processing. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. Then enter code R slash at checkout. That's R slash R S L A S H at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code R slash to get your discount, plus 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Use code R slash. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where OP gets her boss fired. Our next Reddit post is from Six Hill. At a former company, I was the secretary for a small improvement team that would meet monthly to discuss issues within the company and brainstorm ways to fix them. Something you need to know about me is that I was given this role because people know that I'm meticulous at keeping records due to HR-related issues I had at a previous place of employment. I don't think that my boss realized that this careful record-keeping applied to her as well, especially when she appointed me to be secretary of this little committee, but I digress. I was a model, award-winning employee who went above and beyond what was asked. And so were many others in my department, but we were still having customer complaints and dealt with regular safety issues, which was due to company-wide issues and through no fault of our own. When we brought these concerns to our boss's attention, emails were left unread, and during in-person exchanges, we were called whiny, needy, and were told that we needed to just deal with it. Whatever the issue, from items being stolen by customers to people being unhappy with the procedures the boss had set forward, it was always made to somehow be our fault. When we sought support from other departments, we were met with cold indifference, since the boss was great to them and we must be exaggerating the things that she said to us. Well, during one of these improvement meetings at the end of the fiscal year, it all came to a head. Me and a couple of my team members dug in our heels, and we were insistent about the unresolved issues that the boss refused to acknowledge, and she finally went off on us. She told us we were all incompetent, that we didn't deserve our jobs, and that maybe customers would like us more if we were more likable. When people pressed her on safety issues, she continued to reiterate that we would just have to deal with it. And if someone was going to die, they would have already died, right? I, as the secretary, did my duty and took notes of everything that happened over the course of that meeting. I usually did bullet points, but that night, I was feeling a little more thorough, so I wrote down words. Every single word that was said. 
Every hateful comment, denial of accountability, and idle threat was recorded in black and white. Now, a second part of my job was to distribute the notes from that improvement meeting to the rest of the company. So, come the next morning, I ran about 100 copies of the transcript of the meeting and hand-delivered them to every single department in the building. And things completely blew up. People from other departments who had attended the meeting were able to verify that everything I typed up had actually really been said, and folks were mad. They threatened to quit, they refused to do their normal duties, they browsed Indeed during work, etc. My boss's boss got wind of these meeting minutes only a few hours after I handed them out and had an hour-long, off-the-record conversation with me about the safety issues I documented about all the concerns I'd submitted to management in writing, and all the records I had regarding my boss's inaction. She was very grateful for the 100 pages of documentation I sent over and thanked me for my time. The day after I unleashed Pandora's box, I put in my two weeks notice, took a new job, and peaced out to greener pastures. At first, it seems like things were calming down after I left, but the following year, the company did not renew my boss's contract. I still feel a bit bad because I wasn't trying to get her fired or ruin her life. I was just desperate for some accountability thrown her way to create some positive change in the company. But at the end of the day, I just did what she asked me to do. OP, I can tell that you kind of feel bad about this, but really, you shouldn't. Any boss who just shrugs off safety issues has no business being a boss. She deserved to be fired if you ask me. Our next Reddit post is from Salvapot. I run an anime and geek store, and we're really lenient with pre-orders. We used to not require a deposit to make an order, and in case you needed more time to pick up an item, all you had to do was ask. Back in February, Funko released a special edition vinyl pop of Naruto Hokage. This one in particular had a 1 in 6 variant that ended up reaching a resale value of 130 bucks. But the way that I do pre-orders is if you order six of the same piece, you're guaranteed to get at least one of these variants. But if you only order one, you still get a one in six chance of getting that variant. I just mix them up in random boxes and do a public stream raffle on social media so that everyone knows who won the chase, and I get good publicity that way. A client ordered just one of the Funko Pops, which was 15 bucks. This particular client won the raffle but he wasn't interested in picking it up or paying the rest of the deposit to buy it. I sent him a message letting him know that he had won the special variant and he had a week to pay or he would lose his pre-order. At first he was angry because he wanted the normal version, not this yellow thing, and we explained that we could swap it out for a normal one if he wanted, but that this one was far more valuable. He then asked for one more week so he could talk to his son and we gave him one more week. Then he asked for another week, and another. Eventually, COVID hit, and we told him that we had to close the store, but we could still schedule an appointment to give him his item or wait until the worst of COVID had passed. The guy never answered. Eventually, we were able to reopen, and we sent this guy another message letting him know that if he wants, we could hold this item for as long as he needs. He still didn't answer, but at this point, he arrived at the store and demanded his money back, arguing that he couldn't waste money on frivolous plastic. I asked him if he was sure, and I even showed him the price the figure was selling for, which at this point was close to 150 bucks. He said that he was sure, and that I was just making up the numbers. That he ordered the figurine for his son, but his son didn't deserve it, and now he just wanted his money back. I said, fine, I'll give you your money back. Also, I'll just put this figure up for sale. He said, whatever, just give me my deposit back. 
I made a point to grab a post-it note, write in big black letters, $90, last one, and put it on the glass window that leads to the street. While my employee was giving this man back his $5 deposit, another man entered the store. This guy immediately asked to buy the rare Naruto figure. The angry man's eyes went wide over his mask as I picked up the Funko Pop and guided the young man to the desk, where he handed me the bills one by one. The angry man stood there, shocked, as the younger man was gushing about how hard to get that figurine was and how he was getting it for half the price that other places were asking, and in such perfect condition too. It couldn't have been a better reaction even if I'd paid him for it, lol. The young man completed his purchase and left as fast as he came. The angry man looked at me, almost as if accusing me of taking advantage of him. I just said, well, you got your money back. I'm happy you're happy. If you need anything else, let me know and stay safe out there. The man just didn't have much else to say and left. It was kind of a small and silly thing to feel good about, but 2020 hit us so hard that any unexpected profit was cause for celebration. So we celebrated that good sale with some instant ramen, Naruto style. Our next Reddit post is from Clickety Clickety. This story is about a friend of mine, Steve. He owns a landscaping business and has several employees. They work hard and get along really well. Steve pays them for their work done by the yard, not by the hour, in addition to buying his workers two meals a day. Steve hired a guy named Jim, who isn't a bad worker at all. Jim is just a little slow on the uptake sometimes. Jim decided to start a fuss. I don't like that we're getting paid by the yard, he told Steve one day. I want to be paid by the hour. Steve explained to Jim that when you break it down, being paid by the yard comes out to over $22 an hour or more depending on how many yards you get done, whereas his hourly workers only make minimum wage. Steve further explained that when you get paid by the yard, you get perks like meals and operate on a true merit pay because the more they get done, the more they get paid. Jim was adamant though, so Steve agreed. Day 1. Jim showed up ready and raring to go. He decided, it appeared, to prove to Steve that being hourly doesn't mean that he'll slack off. Like I said, Jim's a good guy and not a bad worker. He has a good work ethic and a big sense of pride. They finish a couple of yards and it's lunchtime. Steve grabs everyone's order and he asks Jim if he's going to buy anything. Jim looks confused. What do you mean? Steve re-explained that if you're going hourly, I can't cover your meals anymore. You'll have to buy your own lunch. Jim grumbled but ordered something small, and after lunch they all got back to work. Day 2. The crew was down two guys. Jim was in a good mood, maybe out of schadenfreude because less guys on the crew meant less yards got done, but Jim was going to make the same amount either way. With a little bit of smug attitude, Jim got ready for work, but when he looked at the job list for the day, he was taken aback. Steve had rearranged the yards for the week so that for this particular day, they'd be working on their smallest yard clients. That way, the workers would get paid around the same amount they'd normally have for a full crew. Jim hadn't noticed that Steve did this any time he had a smaller crew, both because it guaranteed his guys were making over the legally required minimum for part-time work and also because it kept their pay consistent. Day 3. They got a lot of yards done this day. In fact, they worked really well together that day and really dug their heels in to get the last few yards on the schedule done. They'd taken about two hours less than expected, so everyone was able to go home early. Jim asked if maybe he could take on another yard or two himself since if everyone got off early, he wouldn't be paid anymore. 
Steve understood and sent Jim out to get some hedges done, which took a couple of hours because he was doing it by himself. But that was okay because it was a couple extra hours of pay and Steve was nothing if not fair. Day 4. Jim showed up to work a little late because the extra 3 hours of hedge trimming had left him more exhausted than expected. Steve was placing an order for breakfast when Jim showed up. And he just stood there for a few minutes as he watched Steve writing down orders for bacon and eggs and pancakes. Finally, Steve reached Jim. Steve didn't say anything about Jim's tardiness. It was clear that Jim had worked pretty hard the previous night. You buying anything, Jim? Jim swallowed hard. No, sir. Steve said, it'll be mighty hard to work on an empty stomach, Jim. Jim nodded. Yes, sir. I know. I... Now, Jim had a lot of pride, and he really couldn't buck up enough to admit that he had miscalculated. He knew that he was wrong, but he was prepared to suffer. Steve, however, was a good dude. He recognized that Jim had made a mistake, and he didn't lord it over him. He made it plain and simple and said, I'll just put you down for some eggs and bacon then. And with an understanding and appreciative look, Jim started packing the truck for the morning. They never discussed moving back to the per yard rate, but Steve was nothing if not fair. Jim got his next paycheck to find that he had been paid per yard. This meant that not only did he end up with a better rate, but he actually got some extra on his paycheck for the three yards worth of hitches that he had done by himself. Jim stuck around for a long time and ended up managing the crew after a while. He tells me that if you treat your employees right, they'll stick around, and that's worth more than a handful of pinched pennies. Our next Reddit post is from F-Bomb. So I drive an 18-wheeler. Not only that, but I own my truck and my business. One day, while coming into Laredo, Texas, I was in the turning lane for my exit and this car whips out in front of me. Since I didn't really have enough room to stop, I turned onto the shoulder, threw on the air horn, and stopped right beside the guy. He proceeds to get out of his car with his phone and starts taking pictures of my truck and plate. By this time, the light had turned green, so I gave him a few short honks to basically tell him to get going. He then beat on my door, so I rolled my window down and he started screaming about how his ears hurt and I'm damaging his ability to hear. He then demands that I give him my boss's number and my driver license number so that he can call in and report me and have my job for this. He then proceeds to move his car to the shoulder and back so close to my bumper that I couldn't get around him. I kinda smirked at him, and I told him that he didn't want to speak to my boss because my boss is a short-tempered man and that he wouldn't like what my boss would have to say about this issue. But he insisted that he speak to my boss. I also told him that if he wanted to call me in, all he'd need was the numbers on the side of my truck since it's assigned to me. I gave this guy my personal cell phone number and watched as he laughed while speaking each number as he dialed. I see his phone number pop up on my phone, which is mounted on my windshield. He couldn't see it from his angle. At this point, I was trying to hold in my laughter. I let it ring for a minute, and he's getting impatient. The whole time, traffic is going on around us. I finally picked up the phone and answered it. Hello, such and such transport. How can I help you? The guy's face turns beet red as he watches me answer the phone. He proceeds to yell at me some more and tells me that this isn't over because now he has my phone number. But like, yeah, dude, so do about 100,000 other people. So what? A week later, I got a phone call from a number that I didn't have saved in my phone. I'd forgotten about this incident, but I thought that it might be a broker or a customer. 
I answer the phone and this lady chirps up. It turns out this woman was his mother and she wanted monetary compensation for her son's troubles. I asked if she even knew what happened and she tells me some story about how his bumper was damaged by my truck and that he was scared to talk to me because me driving an 18-wheeler was intimidating to him. Now, me being a smart truck owner, I have a camera in my truck. And I dump all my truck's footage onto hard drive, so I asked her if she could receive videos over email. She said sure, but she wasn't sure what I was about to send her. I spend a minute or two looking through the hard drive on my laptop and find the video of the incident and send it to her. While still on the phone with her, I can hear the audio playing as she watched it. Her tone changed in an instant, and I heard her put the phone down, and all hell broke loose in that house. There was screaming in Spanish, things being thrown, and who else knows what's going on. She eventually came back to the phone and kindly asked me for two things. First, she asked that I forget that she called and act as if nothing ever happened because she was very embarrassed by this. And two, if I could delete the video of her son's idiocy. I told her that number one was fine, but as for number two, I would not delete the footage. After all, I might need it for a court case. She bid me good day, and I hung up the phone. That was r slash malicious compliance, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.